On today's episode of The Glue Guys, the Nets are magic in Orlando. <laughs> classic. Classic. <laughs> Fantastic emails. Netspot at gmail.com to be part of the conversation. News around the league. Ding dong. The Knicks are dead. Part two. The deadening. And we have an update about Kyrie Irving, which Brian and I really need to start thinking about whether Kyrie Irving Whoa. is ever going to be part of our lives. Again. Do we have to? Ugh. Before we get started on the show, this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. That's daily.com. The Athletic. Get yourself behind the paywall at theathletic.com slash glue guys. Right. Michael. The Nets are back. A classic intro. A classic uh, glue guys. That felt like a, uh, a glue uh, guys intro uh, circa 2017. Mike. Nothing like a trip to Central Florida to just get the juice back. Get yeah. that juice back. Can yeah. I, uh, you watched the game. I know you did. I, you did. did the fantastic stream, as stream. always. Oh, streamy. Dirty stream. Dirty stream. Um, I think, and I don't have the exact power rankings yet, so this is just a, a trial balloon, and, I'm, and I will fully flush out these power rankings. I think Orlando has the oddest courtside seat crew. It's a lot of, there's like a lot of like busyness in the shirts there. There's a lot of odd glasses there's a lot of like older men and younger women sitting together it's just it, there's an interesting mix of retirees wealth but that florida-ness that delicious non-miami florida i i will confess i wasn't as keyed into it but i'll take your word i'll take your key key in <laughs> yeah it's yeah. the and, and then you will get the occasional tiger woods tiger woods goes to Orlando Magic Games. Is he a and big Disney guy? Is that that kind of feels like a thing he would? <laughs> He's a huge Disney guy. Mm-hmm. He goes by himself. <laughs> he demands that on Splash Mountain that no one sits next to him. He just yeah. wants to be in isolation. Uh, Brian, the Nets are back. How are you? Yes, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing well. Uh, watched the game. Did you you watch the game? Great. Just Fantastic. one game since we last spoke. This is you know we're on a we're on our grind. We're on our Sigma <laughs> grind set, Mike. Rise and grind, baby. Um. It's it's kind of what this team needed. I, I don't know. Is this the first pure blowout of the year um, to this level? It felt, I think I I just based on like you know doing doing the dirty stream. You sort of you can you can key it. You can, well not key it, but you can see more clearly like where you drift off in terms of your focus. You know, and the sign of uh, it's that's the good that's the KPI, the key <laughs> performance indicator of of a uh, blowout. And uh, I think I stopped paying attention or like stopped really knowing that I was not paying attention uh, around midway through the second quarter. So that felt like a, a pretty thorough blow. Yeah. I mean, we get 22 minutes of Javon Carter, 18 minutes of Bembry. We get a full seven minutes of Cam Thomas in the game. Joe Harris, an efficient three for four, uh, triple double from James Harden. Kevin Durant is 11 from 12 from the field. I, I, six turnovers. I'll, I'll talk to Kevin about that. Now, if you watch, like, the first quarter was tight. The Nets were only up by five. 
And the the Nets just then continually grew and grew that lead. And really, it's actually in the fourth quarter where like the lead expanded to ridiculous levels. They kind of they just needed this win. Obviously, they went on that five game win streak, and then you know they they lost the game before. It's just nice to get uh, a nice, comfortable blowout win while you're amidst this uh, silly road trip that they're on, where they're playing. Just about the worst teams in the NBA besides the Bulls game. This is a fantastic. Game. Orlando's got some fun future guys, though. It's a yeah. it's a weird it's a weird team. It's not it's a hodgepodge of of talent. Um, Mo Bamba looking pretty good. He had that move on Durant where he like crossed up Durant on the perimeter, spun around three sixty, and then dunked it. He I mean became, that was he became like their go to offensive weapon. <laughs> weirdly, um, for sure. Also, it was I'm interested in Jalen Suggs for how not super successful he was uh do you wait this is um did you see that guy who's in our replies who just like randomly pulled up a tweet from like basically the draft night that was and like he's a raptors fan and he's like because you tweeted something about like oh wow like you know uh magic must be thrilled that you know jalen suggs has fallen to them and he i (laughs) he he added you this is like a week ago he pulled that he pulled that thread back up added you and it was like suck my butt loser, <laughs> Scotty Barnes, <laughs> is amazing. And uh, I went through his timeline because I'm I'm like this. And he spent like literally 24 straight hours. He had, I guess, saved every single tweet that was anywhere similar to what that was. <laughs> and, and, had, and had chosen this time to at them and uh, and and just uh, not a not a poo poo. Everybody, it was it was it's amazing. Favorite. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite Twitter person yeah. is like they have a singular mindset They They stand for one certain thing and they don't have like, they're not aiming at like Nick Wright or Bill Simmons. No, no, right? no. They're He's putting everyone the work. Is He's knocking doors, <laughs> knocking doors. And I actually, I replied to him on one of the like obscure ones, like somebody else's thread. And I was just like, dude, like you are on fire today. Wait, and- you- <laughs> Wait, I did. Wait, you didn't even reply to him on the one. No, that not he... on the one because I wanted him to know that I had gone all the way down his timeline, <laughs> and and he was a totally normal guy. Seeming, he was like, "Well, yeah, it's you know, I just got to let him know." <laughs> I was like, "You are, you are letting you know, you are the Paul Revere of Scotty Burns right now." You're, you're like if you were like a cop and he's a mastermind, like uh, like <laughs> yeah. murderer, but yet you get him on a parking ticket. You're like, I'm everywhere. Yeah, you know. I'm not just watching for the murders. I'm watching for every crime you commit. Exactly. exactly. Ryan Egan, P.I. Got to wake up very early in the a.m. to get one past me, Mike. Very early. Can I tell you an embarrassing story before we get back to the Nets? Sure. Okay. So Brian knows this, and the audience probably knows this if you listen to us for a while. I'm not athletic. I am, I'm a non-athletic person. The, the worst hands you've ever seen. The, the, Throws I mean, honest, like, like a French person. Honestly, what, YouTube yeah. audience, you can see my hands. Uh, they're pudgy. They're short. I, I, I mean, I think this is what has held me back. It's, in athletic, it's, just not, these it's, hands. Not, it's not the structure of the hand that's the issue. It's the it's the motor <laughs> it's the skills that are <laughs> that are behind. Put my them. hands next to Kawhi Leonard's. You would tell that. Yeah. I the only thing holding me back are my yeah. hands. Imagine you're just like like Kawhi Leonard sized hands on your frame. <laughs> that would be weird. That would be very. Strange. That'd be odd. Yeah, yeah. That'd be odd. <laughs> um, so I'm bad at sports. Now I I not to defend myself. The thing I can do, I was, I can, I can hit people, but that's all I got. You know, that's all I got. So wow. I'm bad at basketball. I'm One just tough bad. hombre. Yeah. I, I know what to do on the court, but I, I actually kind of want to avoid the ball mm-hmm. because I do know what to do and I know that I will screw it up anyway. So 
Um, I haven't played basketball really in a while, but me and some of the guys got mm. together a bunch of the us wow. mid thirties, the old neighborhood got together, huh? multiple children, dads, oh, Lord, and be like every Wednesday night from eight to 10, we are going to play at a local elementary school together. We're, we're going to, you know, there's 10 to 15 of us. We're going to roll it out. Last night was the first night. Okay. And your, your boy, Mike Smeltz actually had about the best night of basketball he's ever had. Really? I, I was putting in Bruce Brown level floaters. Like I was, I was in the paint, getting in the paint, putting up the ball off the glass in the, in the bucket. I was like, I, I was counting. I was five from six from the field. I was electric, but we get to the end of the night. Everyone's tired and I'm running like a madman because I'm like, have, I'm just on a high mm. of my hot streak. Yeah. You know, the, the basket's bigger than the ocean. For it's me. intoxicating. I get it. <laughs> and a ball goes up and I jump up in the air and I, as I'm landing down, I land on my left leg first and it buckles <clears throat> to the left. I no. lay, I go to the ground. No, no. And I'm looking at my leg and I'm like, did I just tear my ACL? Oh boy. Now I didn't. It's, it's just hurting and it's stiff. Did you go to but, get an MRI? The whole deal? <laughs> no, I haven't done that yet. Oh boy. But I'm like, oh my God. I'm, it's entirely possible. You did I'm it. so, I'm so lame. Mm. Like all, like the first opportunity I have to destroy my body. I do so. Yeah. I, it explodes. So it was, um, a hyper, it was a hyper extension. It was a hyper extension. Yeah. It hurts today. Um, I've really, I've really <laughs> milked this. Yeah. You know, I've like, like I had to sit, you know, in a lazy boy and put ice on my knee. I was yeah. really, I'm I know, that guy I know the how you are. Who's, I know who you who are. really savors the injury. You know, I want people to know how tough I am by telling them how much I hurt. I get it. Um, I saw, I saw at a, at a, like, and just a, a quick addendum, uh, Please. I, I was at like a night league thing in the city. This is years and years ago where for like white collar guys to like, you know, white collar crime, go, go, go really hard in the paint. And during the finals, we made it to the finals. A guy like the big, the moose on their team did a little bit of what you're talking about, which, but he like hurt his ankle <clears throat> screaming, wailing, bloody murder. And <laughs> I kid you not, the, the quote was, and I work so hard to get here. <laughs> And then after all that comes back in the game 10 minutes, 10 minutes later, like an asshole. Anyways, but, uh, so you're so hard to get here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, screaming, you thought he was like being actively stabbed, you know, but, um, anyways, anyways, back to Jalen Suggs and the Nets. <laughs> yeah. 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 Speaking of, I mean, we could talk about standout moments. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge continues to be. I mean, this was kind of a significant game, and we should point this out. He shot five three-pointers and hit three of them. He was eight rebounds, no turnovers, one block, 21 points. Should we have this conversation, Brian? Like, we've kind of talked about it before, but why should we not start LaMarcus Aldridge at this point? Like, what's the reasoning for not having him out there on the floor, and do you think he should be starting? Because he's obviously the best Nets big man. He's consistently been the best. Blake also in this game was 0 for 5 from the field, 0 yeah. for 5 from 3. Every shot he took was a 3. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I like having some level of offensive threat in our second unit, uh, which without LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, we're still just basically staggering starters in and out. Um, So in terms of 
the the stagger pattern that we're trying to do, I I don't mind it. Um, while Blake, like basically, what I think the starting lineup of of Kevin Durant and James Harden does is like you can you can insert effectively anyone in there, and I mean the the vast majority of the usage is going to go through those two guys. So when you actually want a more high usage player like Lamarcus, you know, having him be your micro weird as it is, having him be your microwave offense off the bench, a thirty six year old. Microwave, super. He's that General Electric. (laughs) He's he's got like four buttons. It doesn't (laughs) even have like the full complement of numerics, right? He just has four buttons. It's got a dial. It's popcorn. Dial that sucker. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right, right. It's got it's got frozen pizza. It's got words on it. Um, You have to kind of guess what the weight is of the food that you put into it. Love it. Yes, that's exactly what he is. Um, Weird as it is, like I as that being your your go to bench offensive weapon. You know, spreading your offense thinner in in that way, at least until Kyrie comes back, we'll get to that. Um, makes a Oof. whole a whole lot of sense to me. So you know, I don't mind it as long as everybody else doesn't mind it. But are people calling for him to be in the starting lineup? Is that, I mean, why? There's, What's the argument for it? There is some clamor, and I, I guess I shouldn't get too ahead of our emails. So I do think. All right, mm. let let's jump, Colin Helwig. Oh, okay. Uh, why don't you, you give him the proper tee it up? All right. Next up, cheer boy, that's Colin Helwig. At Colin Helwig on Twitter, feel free to give him a follow. He's he's putting in work. Hey, guys, great pod on Tuesday after the Bulls game. Needed Thanks. that to start off the week. Thanks. Aww, Thank you. So kind. Um, we have the kindest... We do. We got People an absolute listen to us. shout out to Glenn Y who just sent an absolute gush. I can't even read it. It would make me it'll it's too saccharine. It's too sweet. Um <laughs> but thank you, Glenn, for that. Um he but back to Colin. Here's my question. How do you feel about Lamarcus Aldridge as sixth man of the year candidate? I know it's early, but his numbers are close to Montrezl Harrell from 2019-2020. 13 points, five rebounds, one block, and six sixty one point six field goal percentage. The Nets are the Nets also really seem to run their offense through him when Harden and Durant are off the floor. Everyone thought Patty Mills would be that guy this season, but I think it's time we start talking about Lamarcus's validity. He is he is is he valid, Mike? Is he he's, or is he invalid? Yeah. Well, what is interesting about Lamarcus Aldridge's sixth man of the year candidacy is one, should he become a starter? Two, is he a comeback player of the year? Right? Is he because he had the heart condition? I don't even know if people really consider him to be. I would consider him to be a comeback player of the year candidate because is he that had an a actual medical... award? I've never heard of that. Is that a thing? Yeah, comeback player of the year. You know, that's, really? That's that's one of the. It's always someone who's been injured. Um, player of the year, NBA. I um, that is strange that I've never heard of this. The comeback player of the year. Oh, this is only this was only given out like eight times. <laughs> what is this? I've never. Is there know. a wiki for I this? Think, I think this must have been like a, an NFL thing Did, that I merged. There were this. I, I will say this: it was an award given out in the mid '80s, <laughs> but it's been given out since we were born. Neither of us were born when bring it, it was bring it back. Out. The people are clamoring for the comeback. <laughs> Actually, a pretty good list of guys on it. Can I tell you who who was one comeback player of the year award? I would, I would love to know. Tiny Archibald. That's a name. Bernard King. Big names. Gus Williams. Paul Westfall. No, a name. Adrian Danley. Michael Ray Richardson and 
Marquise Johnson. Right. That's, those are like couple, all couple of, couple of Nets legends on there. Yeah, that's those are those are studs right there. Michael Ray was playing for the Nets when he won the award. That's why was I Bernard King or is that his Knicks when they were when that Hubie was Warriors? Was, oh wow, yeah, that was the when, Dubs years when that Hubie was, was grinding his bones into dust on the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so apologies for comeback play of the year. I the reason why I wanted to bring up Collins' question because I do think it's a good question. Is he a six man of the year? He's been fantastic this year so far. He on fairly limited minutes. He's never really had a, a big game. He's averaged 13 points, five and a half rebounds, about one assist. His PER, which, you know, however you feel about PER, he's 10th in the NBA in PER. Um, that's because, you know, high rebounds, low minutes, decent amount of points. Link it all back to whether he should start. The, the thing that I think it would do is I think it would help Blake if he wasn't with the starters. And I, and I do, LaMarcus is better than Blake Griffin right now. The thing I like about Blake is he does all that dirty, like taking the charges, dives on the floor. He's become this grinder. A guy who was the ultimate highlight machine has become like a, a ground-based brawler. Um, so I appreciate Blake. This isn't Blake slander. But LaMarcus is better right now. And with Blake... The thing that Blake is being left to do when he starts with KD and Harden and he's playing most of his minutes with them, he does isn't that ball handling, passing big that he's like was pretty good at still in Detroit, was good at last year in Brooklyn, and like this year it's just been tough for him. I think actually giving him a little bit more responsibility on the bench units, more responsibility for Blake helps him. He's just not a spot up shooter, Jeff Green, bro. It's not happening. It's not. Happening. It's not who he is. <clears throat> no. and, he's trying, and he's trying to be energy guy to like have an impact outside of that. Yeah. And it's and I love it. I love fine. that. I'm, That's great. No, no shape. He should be. Yeah. I, I actually we've talked about this a little bit, but like <clears throat> I don't know what his offensive bag is anymore, and that's a little. That's sort of what my concern is. And I try to think back as to like what when he was scoring twenty four points a game like two years ago, what that bag would have looked like. And is it like is he taking? slower big man off the dribble is that like his effectively like what what is his go-to move anymore i guess um it doesn't exist yeah it, and it, and so like he needs to be like a cutter but that requires a lot of running and i don't know that he wants to be doing that on top of all the like charge taking he's he's doing so it's a lot it's a lot to ask for him to be like full-blown hustle bro at this point i mean i think he could be effective if he's doing if he's picking he's like the guy you set who sets the screen for the ball handler if he wasn't floating out to the three-point line, he's not going to roll. Like, he has to almost be right around the free-throw line. Uh, but it's hard to set your offense starting at the free-throw line for obvious reasons. The defense doesn't really want you to do that either. Uh, like, Blake is effective in that, you know, sort of that 7-foot to 15-foot range. I, st I think he has the mid-range shot for that. He's crafty enough around there. The thing in his bag is he's not allowed to be bringing it out, which is he has the ball handling passing gene still. Not a great ball handler, but pretty good for a big. And when you're playing with Duran and Harden, there's no point for him to be handling the ball at all. Um, the only concern if, if with LaMarcus starting, because if you're just doing who deserves to start, who's better, if we're doing the classic basketball lineup, LaMarcus is the better player. It stretches his minutes from the beginning of the game to at the end of the game because you want LaMarcus finishing the game. And if he's also starting the game, 
let's say he gets six minutes to start and six minutes to close. Those are already 12 minutes. And then you, you have to be like very selective of where you place him throughout the rest of the game. Where by bringing him off the bench, you're already eliminating the first six to eight minutes of the game, right? And you're kind of condensing your LaMarcus time a little bit more. Where if he starts and ends, you're you're kind of stretching him out further and further and making it more difficult for him. That's the problem, I would say. <clears throat> yeah. Uh and like is the basically are you are you happy with the current solution? Is that is that my is that my takeaway? Well, this this is gonna bleed into a little bit more of a few points, but I do want Nick Claxton to play basketball. Oh, well, we can get eventually. We can get I need to see. So two separate things. I want to see. Hey, was it just like a bad start to the season for Nick Claxton? For everyone who doesn't know, he was with the team in Orlando. He's he's working his way back from his mystery illness, which really the CDC should be investigating. I don't I don't I, I mean, I know we haven't finished up coronavirus, but can we send some investigators to see what was going on with Nicholas Claxton, please? Um, I, I, I would like to see Claxton come back and I would like to see him play. Paul Millsap got 19 minutes in this game. Um, is there, is there more Paul Millsap in our future? I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I think if we're saying who should start, I guess it's still Blake for now. I just, it's not, He's not a solution really at the moment. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he, he hasn't been that good this year. And what's the point of starting him besides the fact that he just like is like a nice burly dude who, who will take charges. And I like all that, but then you also have Bruce Brown out there and all that stuff. Do you not see it as a problem though? I guess because the team is winning. So why are we making a problem out of that's Because that's what we do on this show. Next up, cheer boy. That's. Lou Estevez. Um, Lou is, you know, a just a, a staple uh, in the in the email sphere. Coming back, um, been too long uh, since he tried his hand at the email sphere. Um, so he's got five questions here. <laughs> Gonna fire him up for five five <laughs> statements. One, the drops are back. Nothing more to say except hallelujah. I think Mike. <laughs> I think what we're going to do, perfect, uh, is, um, <laughs> nice, whoa, we got lasers, um, <laughs> sorry, what we're, what we're planning on doing is because there's a schism in Glue Nation about the drops, there always has been, and the first show of the week, because we do two a week now, locked in, always two a week, is, two a week. the first is just hard-hitting Nets spice takes, no time for the for the drops. And then the second episode of the week will be a smorgasbord of, of yeah, it'll drops. be news around the league. It'll be fun stuff. A classic, drops, a classic emails. end of the week, chill structure. And um, no, and this is important because we do want, we love the emails. Netspot at gmail.com. Just send them in. Yeah. Keep sending them in. We'll, we'll always do them every week. So we, we appreciate it. Um, two squid games, killer comparison. He wants that to actually happen. Yes. He's got some so do I in there. I watched so it. I. I finished it. It's you did. Yeah. Was it surprising? <laughs> no, <laughs> was it the exact ending <laughs> yeah. that you thought. Yeah. No. Great. Anyway, show. <laughs> anyways, three, this segues nicely into Brian's crazy experience. At the Barclays where he witnessed the protest firsthand. Loved the first person narrative to that scene. It was like Cronkite, <laughs> Cronkite and Vietnam esque. Um, thank you. Appreciate that. For Bembry, 
We haven't talked enough about Bembry, probably. Maybe. Did we talk enough about Bembry? Have you, we never we, do. Right when we were in the middle of the dirty stream last night, and also shout out to the Discord, meanwhile, while I can do this, please, guys, get in the Discord. It's, it is it is hopping in there. Link, just click the link, put that link in your URL. It's in the Twitter bio or in the YouTube video details below. Um, we had been passing around the Nets Daily Tweet right as we had been talking about what is, like, Bembry shooting this season. And it's like 62% from three or something. It's it's insanity. It <laughs> cannot miss. So somewhere, so, I mean, the, the national media. I think media, he's probably taking like nine threes. Let's just. The, na- let's the, just news, the news media pause, will pause. need I mean, to pick this story up at some point. But, you know, this is. He's taking 10 threes. The deep so, state doesn't want. He hit three, he hit three for it. three last night. I mean, let's not go Nas- wild. National media is going to pick this up. I don't know why there's a blackout about this, but there is. Um, number five, Kyrie, Mike's Kyrie trades did not dislike the Jonas. Tra- I got a lot of some, some people who usually hate your trades liked the Valanciunas trade. And I, I do think it is your, thank you. Your, your Mona Lisa. Of- it's the, okay. For everyone who didn't hear, we, I unfurled <laughs> the, and I'm going to talk more about it later in news around the league. Cause there's updates that must, uh, be discussed, must be discussed. If you don't know what it was. In the in our last episode, the one major Kyrie trade that I could really see happening, we'll have more discussion about it. Kyrie Irving to New Orleans for Jonas Valanciunas and salary filler. If if you're skeptical of Valanciunas's skill because he's been playing in Memphis and we're not really paying attention to him, dig into his basketball reference. It's pretty clear he's averaging like 14 rebounds a game this year. He's not Andre Drummond type, and he has range from three. He doesn't shoot that many threes. But he has range. He hits them when he takes them. Um, he's a big burly dude. He would he would fully solve any net center issues. He would become an actual an offensive anchor to alternate with the Marcus Aldridge. There's a lot of benefits, but I'll talk more about it later. Yes. We'll so as a counter, he he says also, can we think about a trade? I'll try to distill this. <clears throat> Centered around um, Miles Turner plus Karras for Kyrie, throw in Claxton, give him someone with potential. Um, they get a bona fide st- star that can easily play in Vax hesitant Indiana. Um, so on and so forth. The, the people people are ready to talk about this more openly, Mike. It's it's begun now that he's we're stacking up DNP's Facebook memes. People are starting to be like, okay, well, let's think about our options. This is this is a natural. This is a human behavior, you know, human behavior, particularly for Nets fans. (laughs) Unfortunately, we are like, we're like, are we getting broken up with? Are they breaking up with me? You know, it's like when you, when you have a a high school sweetheart and you don't know how to break up with them. So you just like, don't call for a couple weeks or whatever, you know, like you do it the immature way. That's, this is, and they're like, are we breaking up? Is this a breakup? I've never done that to another person. It's happened to me. That's that's what I'm talking about, <clears throat> Michael. It happens to everybody, except except for me. Uh, just kidding. It happens to everybody, Mike. That's part of growing up. And then you find out, you know, how to communicate. Do you want to it talk was about just this? Last week? Yeah, we could talk. I was going to say it seems fresh. <laughs> seems fresh. Uh, but we, the people are talking now, Mike. I can tell there's a little bit okay, less so resistant in the community. Let's do this in honor, and we can still take more email. Let's take a quick break. Coming back, I need to update the world about what's happening with Kyrie Irving because this is important. Okay. Quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back, Ryan. Okay. Hey, hey. we're not quite a news around the league. I know everyone's excited for that, but let's let's first address Kyrie Irving because he's separate of news around the league. Um, so last night was very interesting. The Nets played a game in Orlando. Uh, the uh, a massive blowout, fantastic game, right? Though if you were on social media during the game, there was another conversation that involved the Nets that was bubbling. There was some bubbling happening, right? Kyrie Irving was also at a basketball game. Kyrie Irving, and this is for the YouTube audience, and you'll be able to see this, I'll show Brian, was at the Seton Hall basketball game, mm. sitting courtside it's with his dad right there, this is from College Hoops Digest at NCAA Hoops Digest on Twitter. Um, a few other places had pictures. Kyrie was at the game. Apparently, uh, Seton Hall students were chanting his name at some point. Um, so that's interesting, right? His team that he technically is still being, I don't know, partly paid by, and the team that he has said that he wants to come back to and that wants him back once he's vaccinated, um, he isn't at home watching the game. He's at somewhere else and everyone's mad. Okay. So I don't know how you feel about that, but I want to compare. I want to put that data point along with this one. And this is from our boy at (laughs) Nets Kingdom AJ. Big shout out. Big shout out to Nets Kingdom AJ. Kyrie posted on Instagram three um, sort of sayings and mottos that all have to do with seeing truth and setting yourself free. So this Mm -hmm. is the first one. And I've dove in, this is from uh, Shifting Your Paradigm on fair, Facebook. Okay. I um, mean, I dove into the group and there's a lot of this type of content. The more you educate yourself, the more you understand where things come from. The more obvious things become and you begin to see lies everywhere. You have to know the truth, seek the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's one. There's The universe always wants to test your truths. This is the next one. You will encounter situations that make you second guess everything. These are lessons. You know in your heart what is true. Stay in your intuition. Connect with your soul for guidance. Not to, We kind of do this every week, but unfortunately, this is the, the world that we live in. We're left deciphering these Instagram posts and his actions, whether it be touch football or showing up courtside at a basketball game. No big deal. When you see those posts, Brian, does it make you feel worse or does it make you feel better? Oh, worse. I mean, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. you know, those are... If you were hopeful that Kyrie Irving was going to come back, I think you shouldn't be. Come back to the Nets, unless if there's some dramatic I mean, do, local do we, ordinance change. Do we want to go to Facebook shifting your paradigm right now? Like I, I've, I've gone on there. I <laughs> I don't think it's good for our show. If we... I know I know we shouldn't go. To, I mean, but okay. Well, quickly, what did you? Was there? Is this the tip of the iceberg, or is this the bottom of the iceberg? The, I, this is the central. This is the center of the iceberg. This is the, this is the crystal at this... the beginning. I care about. The fact that w- the messages he's sending out with the Morpheus picture and with these sayings having to do with seeing lies, seeking truth, setting yourself free. Those are the type of things that he must be receiving some information in his life, whether it's texts of Sean Marks, interviews of Joe Sy and other places. If it's Steve Nash, for, for some reason, lightly calling him and trying to be polite checking in on him and saying, hey, man, you should get vaccinated. I don't know if that's happening. I just think that he's continuing to get some pushback in his life where they're like, why don't you get vaccinated? You know, like you love basketball and this stuff. 
And this is him saying to the world through his de decisions in social media to say, in fact, I know the truth. My intuition tells me I'm right. And I, there's no bit of me that's going to change, right? Like you wouldn't post this for any, he's posting these things, maybe not always to do with the vaccine, but more as a way of life of saying, Hey, the way I see the world is how I'm going to live in the world. I'm not trying to conform to anyone else's understanding. Mm. And that lack of conformality, uh, maybe nice, that's beautiful. a word. Well, I would even uh, take it a step further. Like what's dangerous about this line of thinking is that, I mean, first of all, there's like whatever to unpack the rel religiosity logic tree. Like you, you don't want to get too deep into that, but like the idea that anytime you're like a, a thought is challenged is that it's like a lesson from a higher being to like, make sure you stay grounded in your original uh, line of thinking is I think um, that's that could be problematic down downstream that could have some negative effects yes so you know and again this isn't like we're not remarking upon religious views or anything that I just think that as you're saying that way of thinking um, shows uh, that you're going to remain an outlier in some way and if you're going to remain an outlier that means that you're not going to get vaccinated and i do think maybe we overrate these things it is interesting that on a, a on a night where his team is playing the brooklyn nets is pl are playing a game he decides to go to a college basketball game i think it's a it's a perfect distillation of the Kyrie irving experience right because in his mind i think the gesture of going to the game that he can without with his known non-vaccinated status um is I, I'm wondering, I'm just trying to get into his PR mind. He's like, I'm still super interested in basketball. Don't think I'm just a touch football player now. Like, I am not just touch football yes. all day, every yes. day, rise and grind, um, trying to set PRs. I still very much care about basketball, and here's my proof. Also, another part of the yin to my yang of me is that here's some Egyptian memes from this, you know, with a bunch of perhaps faulty logic associated with it. Um, so it's the that's the that's the PR experience of Kyrie Irving. A little of a little of both. Yes. Um, so that's what's going on with Kyrie, and it kind of leads into our news around the league. Should we jump right into it? Let's do it. Um, can I one little note? If you could zoom in on this, so that it's uh, on what we're looking at. Just, it'll, it'll look better on the screen on the screen. What are you talking about? I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> like you mean the, <laughs> on the, dock. the rundown on the dock? Yeah, yeah. Get it. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, news friendly. It's the news. All right, go, go. News, news around the league here. Um, so this goes right into Pelicans panic or the panicans. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this last week. Uh, the Pelicans uh, are the worst team in the NBA. Uh, if you don't know, last night they had played a game where they lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder, the other team that's supposed to be the worst team in the NBA. Uh, they had five technical fouls in the game, and Willie Green said this, and uh, Willie Green is the coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. It's not the losing streak. It's not one quarter. It's our approach to this game. There were moments in the game where we just didn't have the guys who didn't compete Hard enough for me. 
Mm. That's a non-negotiable for me. That's the deal. That's who we are as a leader of this team. I can't have that. Can't have guys on the floor if they're not going to give 110%. And this note here in the ESPN story, in a three-minute span in the second quarter, Jonas Valanciunas, Devontae Graham, and Jackson Hayes all picked up technical fouls for arguing towards officials. Uh, they are 1-11 and 11 right now in the season. It is a desperate situation. To add to that, our friend of the show, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, wrote a story before the game talking about an ugly exchange between Alvin Gentry, the old Pelicans head coach, and David Griffin, mm. who is the head personnel guy for the Pelicans, where there was a story on NOLA.com in September. NOLA's like the local news website in New Orleans, where Griffin is reportedly have said to team personnel um, about Alvin Gentry that he gave Alvin Gentry all the answers to the test and that he still failed. And that's why he had to fire Alvin Gentry. Basically like, hey, I've given you all the tools and you are bad. Well, David Griffin went to go see Alvin Gentry. Alvin Gentry is now an assistant coach with the Sacramento Kings. And apparently Griffin was going to go up there to say hello nicely. Uh, they talked a little bit about that NOLA.com story. And Alvin Gentry reportedly, according to Jake Fisher, said back to him, you must not have given Stan, meaning Stan Van Gundy, the answers to the test either. Gentry shouted at Griffin. According to multiple sources, the men had to be physically separated. Whoa. So that was before the team lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. The guy who's running the New Orleans Pelicans, David Griffin, has no more get-out-of-jail-free cards. A get-out-of-jail-free card for an executive is firing the coach. He has fired two coaches already, and his third one has started the season 1-11. and Zion Williamson is not back, and we've talked about this in the last episode. I just want people to be monitoring this situation. As, as much as you may see in reports that, oh, Kyrie Irving can't be, no one wants to trade for Kyrie, people are pretty desperate. Mm. And I've done this before, but Kyrie went to Duke. So did Zion and Brandon Ingram. David Griffin was the executive in Cleveland when Kyrie was there, and they won a championship together. Uh, they know each other. Trajan Langdon went to Duke, and he's the assistant GM, and he worked for the Nets, obviously, under Sean Marks. There's a lot of crossover. The Pelicans, if they blow this Zion Williamson situation, will not be playing in New Orleans in five years. Maybe that's even conservative. Their owner, Gail Benson, who owns the team, she also owns the New Orleans Saints. There's been reports that they wanted to package the Saints and the Pelicans together for one big sale. Now there have been reports that actually they're going to separate the two if they sell either of them. The Pelicans are the team that if you're an ultra-rich Jeff Bezos type, that if you want to buy a team and move it to Seattle, they're the number one team in the NBA. To buy a team and move it to Seattle or Vegas, uh, the Pelicans are that team. And if they blow, if the Zion thing doesn't work out, the team is leaving. One way to stave off that likely future for the team is a trade for a guy who's won a championship and is one of the most popular players in the NBA and who's very exciting to watch. And that's Kyrie Irving. So I'm just saying people, let's monitor. 
Let's monitor. Let's, let's monitor. I'm keep not trying eye. to I'm, keep an eye. Um, and the fake tray that I talked about, we talked about before. Jonas Valanciunas. Mm. Love him. Uh, Ding Dong, the Knicks are dead. Part two, the deadening. Mm. Brian. I watched at the end of that game. It was a classic Knicks game. Classic. Tell me about fake, it. Fake what, what comeback and all. So like a, a, an enduring meme of, of Knicks basketball for the last like 10 years basically has been their ability to have a bl- like a blowout. They're getting blown out and then make a improbable fourth quarter rally that falls just short and runs out of steam and then they lose, which is exactly what happened with the Bucks game last night. <laughs> so the, the Knicks now are seven and five on the year. Uh, Tom Thibodeau benched the starters. Like they didn't play the entire fourth quarter, I don't think. Um, and the it seems like the Knicks oscillate between like they beat some team and everyone's like chanting the bing bong thing and everyone's getting excited on Twitter. And then they lose and it's, oh, this team isn't what they were last year. They're a disaster. They're awful. Right. Um, here's what Tom Tibby had to say <laughs> post the uh Knicks Bucks game. You you know what they say. When it's ten games you say you need twenty and when you, when you get to twenty you say thirty and then when you get to thirty they say forty and then before you know it the season's over. So that's a bunch of bull Wow, big beep. They really threw that <laughs> Yeah they really like covered that up. Yeah. How are you feeling about the Knicks as an S fan? Is there any fear? Is there is there is there fear of, of the Knicks like being better than the Nets or what do you being mean? good being good? Uh, I think that they're uh, gosh, how do how do I what do I, what's my actual? Well, I'll tell you what. From a fantasy fantasy perspective, I was the the Kemba Walker value has been all over the map and now appears to be quite low. What's going on with Kemba? So he started out the season um like awesome. Like awesome, and seemed to be his at least from just a statistical perspective. I don't know. I hadn't watched like the game super duper closely, and now is like one for eight every night. Um, the last like four or five games, and um, at least from a fantasy perspective, is is unplayable. So, um, <clears throat> so I I didn't know. I don't know. Like I again, I don't watch enough Knicks day, games. We we watch Knicks games so closely, Mike, that I always feel a little bit hesitant to just you know talk off the cuff about other teams on a on a night to night basis. Um but yeah, look at this. Look at these stat lines, Mike. Two points on one of seven shooting last night in Milwaukee in a tidy eighteen minutes. So he's get basically getting getting yoinked here. Yeah, he's he, in in the month of November he's only had one double digit scoring night and ever since beating ever since the loss of Toronto on the first day of November, he's put up four points, five points, eight points, and two points. Yeah, it's so very- I, don't, I don't know if that's like the barometer or whatever, but like I, I feel like if that's, you know, a lot of their ceiling hinged on like a big maybe comeback season from Kemba, um, which appears to not have the requisite steam um, to make happen. Like, look at those Washington Wizards. Top. How about the Wiz? How about Eastern the Wiz Conference wh- whooping on their nemesis, the Cleveland Cavaliers last night uh, um. in a, a nail biter? <laughs> classic rivalry between the Cavs and wizards classic yeah. um <laughs> huge just to give everyone an idea so it's so funny when you look i remember when the nets had just finished their five game winning streak before they played the bulls they were you know they were like the third they're the third seed and the knicks were like the 11th because they had lost one game 
the difference between the Wizards at eight and three and like the Knicks at seven and five is obviously there's just one win and two loss difference. There's no one that's ultra dominant so far in the Eastern Conference. The Golden State Warriors are the best team so far this year to 10 and one record so far. Mm. Um, but no one is no one but the Warriors has really come out and been all that impressive, um, which has been a huge benefit to bring it back to the Nets because the Nets are still figuring themselves out so much so that there's like there's not enough dis. I mean, the Nets have as many wins as the Wizards and just one more loss, and that's why they're not the number one seed right now in the East. To give a a, a record assessment, Brian. Okay. The Wizards are number one right now, eight and three. Bulls eight and three. Then the Nets and 76ers are eight and four. After that, it's the Heat, Cavs, and Knicks all have seven wins. Get down to the eighth seed. It's between the Bucks at six and six and the Raptors at six and six. Um, I know we're so myopic in mm. our view of the Nets. That's all we focus on. By looking at the Eastern Conference standings, it makes me feel better about what's happening with the Nets. You know? The fact that even though Harden hasn't looked all that great, the team really isn't quite sure like from night to night whether Blake will be good, whether Bruce Brown will score points. Joe Harris still has clunkers every now and again. You can't really bank on Patty Mills. He'll have a great game where he shoots four for five, and then he'll have another game where he shoots one from seven, right? But they're eight and four. They have, we talked about the Pelicans. They still play, they play on this road trip, the Pelicans and the Thunder, right? I think they have even, I think they have, it's, there's no team that's all that great coming up on the, this little road trip that they're doing mm-hmm. right now. Let me dig up the schedule. They play at New Orleans at the Thunder. So to finish off their road trip, it should be the two, the two worst teams in the NBA is who they play. Then yep. they have a massive home game against the Golden State Warriors. Huge, huge, huge home game. Are you going to be in the building for that one? Do you think you're going to get in? Mm, who knows? Maybe. Is that going to be a tough one? Um, and then it's Cavs, Orlando, Cavs, Boston. That those are all meaty, delicious games to be chomping up. Uh, and then it gets to a really fun home stretch of Suns, Knicks, November thirtieth, um, Timberwolves at home, and Bulls at home. Uh, the, the Nets are like have a nice cushion here to really figure themselves out while still getting tested by the Warriors. Um, I feel pretty good about the Nets. I think that's like my uh, thesis. Yeah, I mean, it helps. I mean, Kevin Durant is playing the best basketball of his life in an already remarkable life of basketball. So, you know, I feel like, I feel like in, in you know, to invoke militaristic, you know, strategy, like, you know, did you see those reports about how China has this like nuclear technology where they like, shoot a hypersonic thing into into orbit and then it just can like float around the world and drop a nuke basically like on like on pinpoint accuracy anywhere they want that's sort of how i like we have that weapon in basketball which is which is really helpful you know it's just, we have the most advanced basketball technology on our team at all times so um you know i feel kevin durant you mean kevin durant i feel yes. in the grand scheme of things pretty safe in in his loving arms in his loving, long, pterodactyl-like Easy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. His, <laughs> yeah. He's nestling us. Let's take a peek at Kevin Durant's season <laughs> so far this year. 29 and a half points, eight rebounds, eight and a half rebounds a game, five assists. Um, 
His PER is 29.2. I'm sure that's one of the highest in the league. It's probably the highest in the league, frankly. Um, It's fourth. He's been amazing. And it just makes me think more and more, and we've had so many discussions about this, they really do need to do something with Kyrie Irving if they can. Like, I don't, I just, I, this team is too good, but yet there's that like razor thin mm. margin of if Harden or Durant get hurt, that they're really not going to be that good this year in yeah. terms of playoffs. Uh, they just need to get someone like the, the, to me, the floor, you know, I bring up Jonas Valanciunas all the time. I love him. I think he's, he's a very underrated center in the NBA because he played in Memphis and now he's playing in Orleans. We all kind of have an idea of him and what he was like on the Raptors, but he's gotten better since then. But I think the floor for them is if you could get Spencer Dinwiddie, not that they're going to trade, like yeah. if you could get a Spencer Dinwiddie level player for Kyrie, you would be doing backflips, mm-hmm. I think. Right? If you could get a really strong ball handler creator to go with KD and Harden, that would really juice this baby up. Yeah. Or if you can get the like the second tier like people bring up miles turner all the time how does miles turner feel for you brian i like him a lot and from a fantasy perspective that's how i do most of my ingesting of, of this guy <laughs> he's, he's kicking ass and uh so i i like it i don't know about the fit exactly i like you know we talked about Devonte graham that archetype but not exactly don't don't get baited by the, the sirens call of Devonte graham but i do kind of agree that having a mobile super like a Kyrie Irving honestly like filling that that role would be sick (laughs) (laughs) like a person that's exactly like Kyrie Irving who just is vaccinated and can play basketball that that would be ideal that would be fantastic um what do you say Mike (laughs) I think this is a great episode I feel good about it we did it I'm I'm glad we talked um we talked through a lot of stuff today um we'll be back again the Nets have uh Pelicans and Thunder coming up you know Let's God forbid there's some disaster game mixed in there. I don't have any doubt. I think we're going to see a lot of Cam Thomas, not to be too overconfident. I think we get a lot of Cam Thomas action. Uh, I'm here for it. Love it. Um, At Nets Daily, at The Athletic, at BK Glue Guys, iTunes, five stars. We want them. We need them. We have to have them. Discord, shout out. Links in the bio. Mike, Michigan, Ohio, West Virginia. Where are we going next? Arkansas? Yeah!